What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the ride out. This is the Juice Box with your host, Coach John Willis. I'm coming to you live today. We want to start out by thanking our sponsors, Mo Minutes, the leader in motivational videos, Max Hoops, Convoy Basketball, Dr. Bethany Nutrition. All right, so we got a great show coming to you today. Uh, we're going to start out by talking about uh, movies. Movies, 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 movies. And uh, some, of the, some of the best movies that I've seen uh, this year to date and some of the movies I'm looking forward to. And then coming up after that, we'll be joined by our special guest, Coach Terry McCarter. My high school coach will be live on the Juice Box today. And man, we are looking forward to that conversation. So let's ride. Now, my favorite movie of the year so far is the black panther duh wakanda forever wakanda over everything i love it i love it i love it um i do love how the technology is in the movie i love the costumes i love the action uh i even love the story and the plot you know i love how that movie plays out there's one part about the movie that I did not like, and that was the fact that there was like a civil war uh, right there in Wakanda. And the people from Wakanda ended up fighting each other, man. I didn't like that toward the end of the film. That's the only thing I didn't like about the movie. I understand everybody has to have a villain. There has to be like a climax in every part to the movie. But anyway, outside of that, I loved it. I'm waiting on part two. And part three and part four. So I will be there. I also like how it has united people as a whole, especially black people, uh, because there are so many people who have gone to see that movie so many times. So that's great. You know, I absolutely love that. Um, I think it's pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to more DVD sales. When it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, I will have a copy of it um, just because I want to support the movement and I think that uh, Black Panther has done an outstanding job. Um, now, the next movie that I'm looking forward to is Jurassic World Part 2. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jurassic World Part 2. I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. I've been loving Jurassic Park ever since I saw the first one. Maybe that's like a childhood fascination of dinosaurs. I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It seems like the dinosaurs are getting smarter and smarter in every movie that they create. So... I hope that they continue making Jurassic Park movies. So interesting fact, you can go to Hawaii and take an ATV tour and go see the gates from the first shooting of Jurassic Park from the first filming. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, as we keep moving forward, there's another movie I'm looking forward to seeing this summer, and that is the movie Megalodon. So I'm a huge fan of Shark Week. Shout out to Shark Week. I think they do a great job every summer. Nothing like Shark Week. But the Megalodon, people, the Megalodon is the biggest shark to ever live. And I saw the trailer for it yesterday. And it was amazing how they were in this like underwater colony and this little girl standing there and the Megalodon just swims right up to it. And he like opens his mouth and kind of bites the glass. That is uh. That is uh, amazing. 
That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so those are some of the movies that I'm actually looking forward to this summer. Um, and I know those are like action films, you know, those aren't really comedies, but, um, I'm sure there are some other funny ones. Like I know there's some Kevin Hart stuff coming out, like night school, stuff like that is out. Um, I heard the blockers is kind of funny. That trailer looked pretty funny. So that's a film that I'm going to try and get out and see, uh, as well. So, Hopefully, those are all good uh, summer movies. Now, let's talk Netflix. What is it that you guys are watching on Netflix right now? Um, you know, I enjoy a good Netflix show. And, um, you know, so most recently, I watched uh, 13th. And 13th is a pretty awesome uh, film. And it, and it goes into talking about how minimum mandatory sentencing came about. Um, under President Clinton. And it talks about how, you know, certain offenses and certain drugs got you more prison time than others. And the correlation between certain race groups of people using certain drugs and consequently the time they were spending in prison. So um, that is a really good documentary. It is really well done. Um, it, it, it sheds a lot, a lot of light on some dark topics. So, uh, for example, you see in minorities, uh, one thing that, that 13th film talks about is, is cocaine. So cocaine comes in a crack form, like the rock that you smoke, and it comes in a powder form that you snort. And white people tend to have the powder form that you snort, and that carries a lesser sentence. Um, than the crack rock uh, cocaine that black people or Hispanic people or other minorities tend to uh, smoke. And that carries a heavier sentence, or at least it did during that time. And the film goes to talk about how the numbers of mass incarceration have increased, which also is ironic because when the economy fell in 2007, 2006, 2007 range there uh, when we had like the housing market to go down and, you know, we had to turn around and had a bank bailouts and all that stuff. There was an industry that was thriving and that was the prison industry. There were more prisons built during that time than ever before, uh, which also led to like some judges going to jail on this uh, this inmate for hire scandal where people were getting found guilty of crimes and sentence, the sentencing was the key. The sentencing was the key, you know, sending people away for extended periods of time to keep the prisons filled. Why would you do that? Because a private owner has now built the prison and now you need inmates. Why do you need inmates? Because inmates need clothes. They need food. So everybody gets paid because the prisons are filled up. So anyway, I challenge you guys all to go watch the documentary 13th. Um, if there's something else that you're watching on Netflix that you think that I should watch, just let me know. All right. So now we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to have my high school coach, the man, the myth and the legend, Coach Terry McCarter coming up next on the juice box. Coach McCarter is with us live in the juice box. Coach, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today. Coach, go ahead and tell all the listeners uh, your name and what it is that you've been up to here lately. 
Well, thanks, Jay. Uh, glad to be on here with you. Uh, my name's Terry McCarter. Uh, I'm retired and uh, from coaching and teaching many, many years, and uh, I didn't think I would, but I'm enjoying being retired. It's kind of fun. <laughs> awesome. It's kind of nice to be paid for doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Coach. So uh, how many years did you coach? Well, uh, virtually since I was 17 years old, and I'm 72 almost now. So, But as far as high school is concerned, uh, about 26 years. 26 years. All right. But coach AAU, well, just everything you can possibly think of, military teams, uh, the whole gamut uh, before that. So it's, it's been, uh, been a long time, 50-something years. 50 years as a coach, man, that is awesome, coach. So tell me this, what do you think, what do you think the biggest difference is in the game today in comparison to, let's say, when you first started out coaching? The game or the players? Uh, we, the players is fine. Well, of course, many people talk about it. It's uh, we're in that age of entitlement uh, where, where kids and parents expect to play expect to start. Uh, everyone thinks they should make the team. I think that comes from our uh, lower leagues when you're young kids where everybody plays, everybody gets a trophy. Uh, right. And they can't understand why it's only an elite group that make teams, like in high school, for instance. Um, right. So that that's an issue. Uh, I wasn't bitten by that too bad. Uh, I probably retired before it became worse. <laughs> But people tell me it's really bad. Uh, but I was lucky. I, other than a few individual cases, uh, I had uh, a lot of kids with great character when I coached in high school, as as you well know, when you were one of them. And uh, it's uh, so I wasn't afflicted with that too much. But uh, I, it is a difference. There's no question. It's a lot of different than, than it was like when I played where you were just glad to make the varsity. You didn't even care if you got in a game. Right. Uh, such a thrill to be there. But now everyone thinks they should play, start, and play 32 minutes, you know. Right. Oh, no, that's, that's interesting. Coach, tell me now, of all your years coaching, what was the best team you ever coached? I knew you would do that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, of course, I coached girls and I coached boys. Right. I coached girls for eight years in high school, and I coached boys for uh, 18. Um, and I had, you know, you could probably single out three teams that were uh, pretty similar. Uh, one of my girls' teams, of course, was we were ranked as high as 18th in the nation in USA Today. So, Man. obviously, that team was pretty good. Right. Uh, and then I had two boys. That was at uh, – George Jenkins High School in Lakeland. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I had two, probably two boys teams you could single out at Mandarin High School in Jacksonville. The one you were on, which I know you're hoping I would say that was the best. <laughs> which was a really good team, no question about it. And then another one about 10 years after that, um, that, uh, that you well know, uh, you know, that had P.J. Gaynor and Akeem and, and uh, Chris Amons and kids like that on there. And uh, okay. both, all three of those were 
were pretty equal. All three had a chance for a state championship. Uh, unfortunately, we had some strange things happen that derailed us right at the end uh, before right. we went to the Final Four. Right, definitely. So that's, that's awesome to be uh, mentioned in that group. Now, Coach, let me ask you this. Who is the best player you've ever coached? That's that's really hard to say. You you just have to, you know, it's according to what you're looking for as far as, as skill set or whether it's someone that's, uh, that's more valuable to your team because of their attitude and their energy and things of that nature. You know, I've had some, I've had some really good players, obviously. We've had about eight Division One players, kids that have played at that level, uh, boys, right. and I had several girls. Uh, you know, I've always told people, unfortunately for all you guys, probably the best player skill-wise I ever coached was a girl. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Ebony Smith, which, okay. uh, which since, since Gino Ariema and uh, – Pat Summit both said that was the best player they'd ever seen uh, in high school. I guess probably I'm right. <laughs> right. I guess that would definitely uh, qualify you to be right there, Coach. Tell well, me I've this. Had, you know, I've had several guys that were really good. You were one of the better defensive players that I ever coached. Right. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. And your energy and your intensity – uh, was something that only a few have even come close to matching in my career. So, you know, you're right up there with some of the good ones, too. All right. I appreciate that, Coach. I actually, um, you know, I actually learned to handle the ball a little bit better and shoot it a little bit better after after my time with you. So I think um, right. I think you would I think you'd be pretty proud right now. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, many of you improved when you played in college and, and, uh, you never, you come back a man, you know, when I had you, you were boys. That's right. Thing. That's right. But I don't Huge. want to single out. There's, there's so many good players. I don't want to, uh, necessarily single out anybody except Ebony does, uh, stand tall considering she had quadruple doubles a lot. Jeez. Okay. You don't find that very often. Do you? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so let me ask you this coach. What would, Coach McCarter in 2018 say to first-year Coach McCarter, if he could give him any advice? Um, well, one of the things was when you coach both, when you coach women and men, uh, a lot of times uh, uh, people think, and they did in yesteryear, and when I first started coaching, you could treat them the same, but you can't treat women and men the same. We know that. We, you know, we don't want to get into the psychology of it totally, but uh, there is a difference in our brains and the way we're hardwired. And you can't talk to a girl the same way you do to a guy. And I didn't know those things when I first started. So I was, uh, I was really rough on the women too. Uh, and it was fine. We still loved each other. But uh, I learned a lot more about how to handle women. Unfortunately, it was after I coached women. And I was coaching men after that for a long time, or young guys. But uh, that's one thing I would I would like to uh, go back and make sure uh, I could have changed. And a lot of people need to understand that and make that change. Definitely awesome, coach. That's great, sound advice.
Now, let me ask you this, Coach. How does it feel to – how does it make you feel to see so many of your former players that are now coaching? Oh, it's great. Absolutely. Um, I haven't got out to where you are in Oregon to see you coach. <laughs> of course, you've coached with me before. And right. So, obviously, I know you, you're really good at it. But uh, like going to see Tron uh, – Griffin the other day and uh, seeing him coach at Georgia State and I'm planning on a trip and trying to get to uh, see uh, Kevin Thomas and see his team. Okay. Um, you, I'm just going to try to see in August when you have your reception. Right. Definitely. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's great. I wish more had coached, but a lot of them, a lot of them will now that they have children. A lot of them are going to start coaching their kids, and who knows where that will lead. Uh, you know, in my case, I coached uh, young kids and then it moved on up into older ages. And then I decided to go into uh, high school, you know, at a later date in life when I was already in my 40s. So uh, okay. a lot of these guys may do the same thing. You never know. Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, Coach, what do you – let me ask you this. And this is uh, this is kind of the last question I have for you, Coach. If you were – coaching in the NBA right now and you needed one basket, what or who would you who would you want to run that play to? Well, um, probably it'd be a tough choice between LeBron and Steph Curry. Okay. Um, but uh I believe in all with all my heart, LeBron's the best player because he can do so many things. So regardless of who they put on him or, or what they decide to do to stop him, uh, LeBron would probably have to be my first choice, but Steph Curry's another guy that's a money ball guy. You know that. So uh, uh, one of those two certainly, and probably you'd have to go with LeBron. You know, I always use, you guys always used to ask those kind of things and, Always give it the death question. Uh, if you had to choose a player to make that shot, and if he didn't, you were going to die, who would it be? But <laughs> if LeBron's standing there and you pass over him, that wouldn't be too bright, I don't think. <laughs> yes, 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 for certain, man. That is that's a very interesting way to put that, Coach. Now, Coach, I do have to – I always thought about that before I made any decisions prior to to uh, who I was going to use in a certain situation and things like that. I always thought about that, and that's always uh, always a good way to think about it. I can tell you that. Awesome, man. That's great. Now, Coach, I know you are um, you are the the four four you know our four our four offense the four corner offense. Mm -hmm. I know that's a staple of yours. Um, can you tell me what kind of inspired that or where you got that from or how did you come up with that? Well, of course, like most people my age, the first time I saw the four corner was with Dean Smith in North Carolina. Okay. And Phil Ford, who was the most famous guard to ever run that. Over the years, many people, I mean, many times rules were changed to try to keep people from utilizing that offense. Uh, and of course, the shot clock takes care of that they have to advance now in college but in high school uh many things were changed such as even though you 
uh, went by a defender with the ball to count. The defender was within six feet. Things like that that made you have to pass the ball more and one kid couldn't control the ball. But but a lot of people think of the four corners being a stall offense, and it's certainly not that. My team scored more in four than any other offense. Right. And we were more productive with that, as long as somebody came out and got us. And if people don't come out and get you and, and extend their defense, then you have the right to hold the ball in high school until they do. And, of course, depending on the score and the depth of your talent and their talent, uh, you, sometimes you use it for different reasons. Uh, but uh, it's a scoring offense when people pick you up. There's no question about it. But, uh, yeah, it was a, definitely a staple of, of mine, and especially at Mandarin. A lot of people didn't like to play against us. <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, well, Coach, I want to say thank you, man. Uh, you have definitely – inspired me i thank you for all the lessons that you've that you've taught me and instilled in me i i definitely believe that i am coaching today because of the impact that you um had in my life so um i i wanted to tell you i love you man and i appreciate you and um we got to get you out here so you can see it out here in oregon man i think you'd love it oh well that that's on my bucket list i'll get that trip in too so <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I will, depending on, you know, where you are at the time and where you end up. But okay. uh, if you're going to stay in Oregon, then uh, I'll have to be there. So I'll, I'll have to get out there in the next year or two. Okay. But uh, thank you. I love you, too. I'm, I'm glad that it, uh, you feel like the, that influence helped you. And that's why we do it. That's, that's why I'm, at least most coaches, I'm sure, coach. It's not for money. Right. Not at that level, not at high school. So, uh um, you know, I get to, like I've told you before, I get to pass away a happy man someday and with no regrets because of that. So it's, I would recommend it for anyone, even in the age of entitlement, coaching is still the route to go because there's nothing that can be more meaningful to you and to the players than, uh, than, uh, coaching them and, and, uh, watching them grow and mature. It's, it's, uh, it's not like regular business. That's for sure. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, coach. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, coach, now do you have, do you have like Twitter or Instagram or you have any of that? Cause I usually allow people to uh, give a chance to see how folks can follow them. If you, if you have that. So I don't know if you have. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I don't use it too much in Twitter. I look at it every now and then and, and I don't Facebook. Facebook's about the, only, I never post too many things. I'm, not into that kind of stuff. I just use it to keep up with people. Okay. All right. To watch what all of you guys are saying. But, yeah, I have all three of those. It's, I'm on Sweet. all of them. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Coach. Well, thank you, man. And uh, I get I to get down to Florida. I got to come spend some time with you. Maybe you can teach me how to play golf because my golf game is not, is not where it needs to be. So, all right. There it is. I'm going Friday. I'm not very good either, but it's fun <laughs> to get out there and thrash around. Okay. All right, Coach. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you for joining us on the Juice Box. Thanks for having me, big guy. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. And welcome back. We want to thank Coach Terry McCarter for joining us uh, live on the Juice Box. 
So today as we close the show uh, with our motivational minute, I want you to think about faith today and active faith. If you want to see active faith, I challenge you to go fishing. Because in fishing, you are taking a hook and putting it in water, some sort of bait or lure, and you are hoping that a fish comes by and and bites your line. Now, we call it fishing. We don't call it catching. Because every time you cast a line, it's not a guarantee that a fish will bite the hook. So increase your faith. Increase your patience. Do this by going fishing. Fishing takes patience. And if fishing is hoping that you catch, then faith must take patience also. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining us here on the Juice Box. This is your host, Coach John Willis. As always, spread love and peace. Kai, I love you, buddy. James. Take me home.